I make art because I think it's one of the purest expressions that get us closer to understand who we are. I, I think I make art also because I don't know what else I could do. I think I always knew I had to be an artist. I don't think I don't think I ever knew exactly why, but but I knew I had to be an artist. Okay, welcome to episode three of Lo-Fi Podcast. I'm still in Leiden, the Netherlands, and tonight I'm sitting down with Santiago Pani. Um, Santiago is one of the, I don't know, how would you put your position here? The Well, one of the hosts. Hosts. There you go. <laughs> of Art House Holland, right? Yeah. And you're working with Dan and Daniel in the Project 1606? Totally. Okay. Yeah. So actually, instead of me saying, I want to just turn it over to you. Like, what is it that you're doing here? And what's your relationship with uh, the Art House Project 1606 residency in Dan and Daniel? All right, perfect. Well, the residency project, which is Art House Holland, the one that is like running all year, all year long. That one, I, I, dire I direct that project. That's uh, a project I started uh, almost six years ago and uh, we moved it from Madrid to Leiden uh, three years ago and that's a, a project I'm running uh, with Manon right now with my girlfriend. Uh, on the other hand the 1606 project is with like a special month of the residency where we invited you guys you know like the uh, international artists with uh, uh, a lot of uh, yeah, a little bit more p uh, position in the in the in the market or uh, uh, yeah, like artists that are already uh, have something to to show and we have something to learn from them, and uh, so I'm also hosting that together with Dan and Daniel, uh, and yeah, that's it. <laughs> That's what I'm, I am. What, so now I'm thinking of things that I don't already know. How did you meet Dan and Daniel? Because I know the two of them met on Instagram, which I think is kind of, it's cool, but also kind of funny. Like they said their stories, like, I don't know, it almost sounded like when you have a crush on somebody in a weird way, like, <laughs> I'm going to message them. But did, well, I, mean, I think you guys met the same way, didn't you? It was, was it on similar, Instagram? Man. Yeah, That's it so was funny. Similar. That's it, cool. It was funny, like, because I, I first saw Daniel's work in, in an exhibition and I really like the work, but the same way that you like uh, works of artists all the time, and it, it doesn't mean you're going to end up meeting them. Right. But then I saw his work a year after in another show, and I, I liked it a lot. And I was like, okay, it's, it's the same guy. I should try to contact him. And then I got in, uh, I, I got in contact with him through Instagram as well. But just after I sent him the message, he uh, came to our place like the, the next day. 
and mm-hmm. we had a bottle of mezcal and we became like super good friends <laughs> it's always involving booze because that's what dan told me they it was over a beer and he had told claire like i'll probably be gone just an hour and like five hours later and so many beers he's like this guy's super cool <laughs> <laughs> well it was that's a little nice. bit like that i think that's cool it's funny how it started as uh from uh, uh, like a re- uh, out of respect or like admiration from each other's work yeah but that's it great. really got into a nice friendship that yeah we're trying to build up things together now instead of just like admiring each other's work yeah because so. you guys are really now it, the air that I get and I mean you've been open with this you guys are also kind of into it since like now all business partners too your artistic friends inspire each other yeah. but you're working as a business almost yeah like in in a way, we've realized that, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know, the, the art market is so unstable and the economy of an artist can be sometimes very unstable that we have realized that we can try to do new things to uh, fight against that. You know? Like uh, we're trying to help each other uh, to work uh, as a team uh, to be able to approach bigger projects and uh, trying to make this uh, the best the best out of this and, mm-hmm. and get more the most we can like for example like recently we had a show in Rome and the the guys were so busy uh, that I ended up going but it was amazing because I was representing the work of the three of us not only mine so then okay. while I was gone they were being represented I was still being represented back home because they, I know that anytime they have the chance for, they talk about my work with the galleries or with clients or whatever. So, so it's like realizing that you have support, which is the nicest. Part. Yeah. Yeah. You got each other's backs in that yeah. sense. And yeah. if one person can't step up to the plate, another person can. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a little bit of the, the nicest part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Your partner's in the truest sense. It seems like yeah totally and like we're trying to do uh, every time more uh, more things together sometimes obviously it's not the easiest because there's uh, our individual projects like for example down done now it's uh, about to have a solo show that he has been working on for a while uh-huh. and on the other side like I'm thinking about uh, I don't know organizing a trip of the three of us to Mexico to do more exploration on the creative aspects and also have some fun and stuff but obviously he can't so at the end we we also are uh, meeting in the in the in the middle and see how far we can bring it as a group and yeah. and in how other things we can't you know because obviously we work as individual artists yeah we don't consider ourselves a collective like it's more like a a group no right for now for now <laughs> yes <laughs> and Man, there's so much to like touch on here. I, like that conversation we're having earlier, I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking, well, there's a thing. But I think real quick, since you brought up Mexico, because that's where you you were born? I was born in Mexico. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to start there real quick and just get a little of your background yeah. and your tie to Mexico. So, yeah, just a little bit of that. So, All right. in Mexico, how did you get into what you're doing? So, uh, I was born in Mexico City and... Uh, uh, my parents and I, well, my family and I, we moved to Tequisquiapan, to this tiny village. Uh-huh. And then uh, uh, 
when I was 18, I said like, I cannot have more of this. And I went, uh, I went abroad. I went uh, on a trip to Europe. More of this just mean Mexico? Eh, more than... What, what did you mean? Like, uh, you can't have any more of this? Of Mexico. Oh, no, you were just, my you were village. Dead. Yeah, when you're 18. I, I was done with my village, It was my that village, small? It's, that it's, small? It's very small. Like, for wow. Mexican standards, it's quite small. Okay. But, uh, yeah, like, uh, it was like my, my first... Uh, test of what Europe is and what the art, uh, the European art is. And yeah. I really wanted to be part of that. So I decided to, to study art uh, in Paris back in the day, and, oh, nice. uh, uh, but I didn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, man, I didn't know this. You didn't tell me this yet. Okay. So you no, didn't. Yeah. My, my grandfather was an architect and he studied in the, uh, Bossard, uh, oh, yeah, Bossard yeah. and I said like, I can probably do that. But I really missed Mexico again, so I went back. I was, I think, I was not old enough to approach that. That's young, eighteen. Yeah, I, I think I was. So then I just went to back to Mexico and I applied to the art school in Mexico City. I got accepted and I really, really enjoyed it. I was, I think, it's an amazing school. Yeah. Uh, but then I, I still wanted to be part of the European art scene, or or, or at least see what it had for me or what could I uh, give to it. So, mm -hmm. so I, I didn't take that away from me and I, I just decided to move to Europe just after I finished. And where did you move to? I moved to Madrid. Oh, okay, I nice. thought it was like the easiest uh, like bridge between From Mexico, Mexico. <laughs> and yeah, Europe yeah. and uh, the, the yeah. language barriers that you can get in other places and cultural wise also we have a lot in common. And I really yeah. loved it. I, I loved Madrid. Madrid's uh, awesome. It's awesome. It's a beautiful place. But also, I, I, I got a bit uh, tired of uh, how things were. I think uh, the artists in Madrid are so freaking amazing, but they are a bit stuck in the idea of uh, the uh, recession uh, of mm. like a, somehow 10 years ago or something. They are angry with the system and they are... Uh, and I don't know, in Mexico, we, we really know how that goes. So we, we are used to it. We make yeah. things happen for ourselves. So having this uh, constant reminder of how things are not working out and realizing that the artists were not really doing much about it, it got me a bit tired. I'm, I'm not saying in, in general, but in some, some cases. Uh -huh. And then the opportunity... Uh, came up for uh, moving the project to Manon's family uh, old cheese farm. Where we're at now. Where we're at right now. And I was like, man, this this could be the the best residency I've ever seen. It's if we make place. it work. Yeah. It's such a beautiful place. Like the, the there's a lot of space for, for working and there's also like so well connected with with all the other big cities in Holland, but also close to Belgium, you can go easily to Antwerp or to Brussels, or you can go to Paris. Like it's it's well connected and mm -hmm. it's something, but it's still pretty isolated in the nature that you feel like you can have, I don't know, like a creative escape, but without leaving like the possibilities of going to an exhibition, visit right. a museum, like, so I think it's pretty, pretty convenient. Yeah, and you're only, th what, 30 minutes from Amsterdam? Yeah, 30 minutes from Amsterdam, <laughs> 15 minutes from Leiden city center. So yeah, yeah, it's 
super connected but but still like i do feel like you're uh, close to nature which is something i really wanted like as i told you i grew up in a small village so for me this is also important no to have the quiet and the yeah that makes <laughs> sense yeah and and yeah it's nice to to have artists from all over the world come here and and share this place with them no like, yeah how long have you guys been here doing this like this uh, we got here uh almost well yeah three years ago a bit over three years ago wow you've been there for three years yeah and mm. i think manoma's telling me you, you do it 10 months out of the year we do 10 months out of the year because uh well one of the the things is that holland can be really cold in winter so the studios in the outside are, yeah. are are not very very usable anymore. Oh okay. And I also, I, I, yeah, as I told you, I'm so attached to Mexico still that I use those two months out of the year to go and spend a bit of a longer period in Mexico. Oh okay, nice. So you guys both will go from here to Mexico. Usually we do. This year yeah. uh, I'm going by myself, uh, but. And we're spending like uh, the holidays here in in Holland, mm-hmm. well in Europe. But uh, but yeah, usually both of us would go, and uh, yeah, man, it's it's super nice. We escape the cold weather, <laughs> Perfect. and we yeah. we have a studio there. Uh, we invested uh, like a year ago on creating art house uh, in Mexico, and it's about to be finished. So nice. next month that I go there, I'm going to check out all the, the final details of the residency. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we're going to be even more connected to Mexico because we're going to have to be going and check out how the residency is running. Yeah. So wait, so when you say get finished, you're talking about a different residency. So you're going to be yeah. hosting a residency in Mexico and hosting a residency here. Yeah. Like okay. my, uh, uh, well, my, my father is an artist as well. And I convinced them a year ago that it would be amazing to do the like the second uh, art house mm-hmm. in our hometown. And then uh, they accepted and they allowed me to build it in their own land. So my mom wow. is going to host it. My dad is going to uh, guide and uh, share with the artists as what, like what is my role here. Yeah, and that it's gonna be amazing. Like, that uh, it, yeah, because yeah, having him there, I mean, he's got decades on anybody of experience. It's crazy. So he's willing yeah. to impart that information and what he knows. And yeah, every learned. all his network, all his like know-how, and like he came last year to the residency here with yeah. us. Yeah, and he realized how amazing it can be to share time with other creatives it's something that it's hard to explain if you don't live it by your own uh, sure that totally makes sense yeah so then he he saw it uh we used that uh to convince him like after he came (laughs) exposure (laughs) therapy and then yeah he he liked the idea now now we if everything goes well next month uh, we're gonna do the first uh official residency month uh-huh. in Mexico and we want to, tr- to start with uh, half a year like uh, I don't want to uh, 
to push it too hard on them if they if they don't enjoy it as much as we do. Oh, only doing it for six months. Only doing okay. it for six yeah. months a year at the beginning. If uh-huh. they do like it and it's working out and and everything goes smooth, then we can, uh, yeah, do it for the whole year. Yeah, but nice. At, at least we the beginning is gonna be slower. Nice. Yeah, and we're gonna be able to host at the beginning at least four artists per month. Uh, and well, it's going to be exactly the same uh, cost as it is in, in, in here, but we're going to be able to offer the artists way more because, mm-hmm. well, the, the prices in Mexico are, are lower in, in, in general, like uh, from food and services to whatever. So, right. so it's going to be a bit of a more luxurious experience for the artists, like more artists would go to get a bit spoiled <laughs> that is yeah. something that i mean i would like to get that you know yeah yeah for sure <laughs> so then why not offering it to other artists so that's gonna be a bit the, the idea that is amazing um as, as you're talking about this i'm wondering what's what's the incentive behind doing this because it's a lot of work at what i've seen you yeah. guys because admit it's the first residency i've done and I've seen how much you guys put into it and how much it takes away from your own work. Yeah. So what are, why, why even put all that into it? Yeah. Like and I don't mean that to sound like a defeatist way. <laughs> I'm just wondering like, really like, what's the intention? Yeah, that? no, I totally, I totally feel what you're saying. Like, uh, just when I finished the art school, I, yeah, I think that's something I forgot to tell you. Like I, I got invited to an art uh, artist residency in, in Belgium. Okay. I went there and I thought it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life or how wow. I ever felt in my life to yeah. be sharing 24 seven with other amazing artists, learning from each other and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really uh, like a breakthrough in my, in, in my life. Cause I thought this is how I want to live my life, like surrounded with people that I will be constantly learning yeah. and also that I can offer something to them. Like I can teach whatever I've learned and learn from teaching because I mm-hmm. think that's one of the best ways to, to learn. Yeah. So I was, uh, I was confronted with that idea and, and I immediately thought, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start my own residency. Mm-hmm. I obviously didn't know how much work it was. Like, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if I would do it's it. It's a lot of work. <laughs> now, now everything is pretty much sorted out. So, I think opening a second one is not going to be as hard as to what it was to open. Sure, the first it's like one. anything. Like, yeah, you yeah. do it once, you do it twice. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it was a, it was a whole journey. Like for example, the the one in Spain, we really had an amazing place. The conditions of the studios were amazing, but the marketing of the like we we had we knew no one in Europe. Like so, it was hard to to show the people what we had and mm. then by that by those means it didn't work like no, okay. Uh, okay. and then when it started working that we started to know people that helped us with that uh, we were a bit done with the place we said like uh, this is not probably gonna grow till the place that we wanted to grow so let's just start over uh, use this what we've learned to make this the next one amazing and then mm-hmm. and then what that's what we did like uh, uh, like all, I also realized that by sharing time with other artists, uh, my production becomes way more interesting. Like, uh, 
Uh, it's not just about like uh, for example I learned uh, so many different things from uh, from artists that I've spent time with in the oh, residency okay, see, yeah. that uh, it keeps me uh, excited about creating it keeps me uh, like entertained and like uh, talking about very random aspects with the artists from their production to their beliefs or to their political ideals or whatever it's just like it's it keeps you like uh, wondering and learning and whatever and it's it's yeah. it's nice sometimes they are very stubborn and it's hard to <laughs> social artists are tough people i think to deal with at times they're strong sometimes. personality yeah sometimes <laughs> it's funny that you said the the thing about uh, learning like emphasizing that because i'm as i'm doing this podcast so i started this one a friend of mine in the u.s who has a podcast I think I told you about it. He, we're doing it. We're stitching it together. So he'll send me little bits uh-huh. of him talking, and then I respond. You right? reply when you have time. Yeah, and yeah, and it's yeah. A, it's a really cool experience. But um, he brought up because I used to teach, and then he's really curious about this residency. So I've actually been talking a lot with him about the residency, uh-huh. and he brought up like asking me like what what I want to teach and why am I doing a residency, and that's exactly what I hit on is. I know as when you teach, you do learn from students, but not on the same scale mm-hmm. that you do around other artists. And it's exactly the thing I said to him is I prefer to be, I'd rather be a lifelong student and yeah. constant. And it's really selfish when you think about it, but it it's is. a good position. It, but, but it is a very good position. Yeah, and sure. so I can understand from your point of view, because I was telling him here, and, and this is going to lead into a question, because... Um, He's asking me like, what is it like around the other artists? How do you learn? And I, so I had to reflect on that. I didn't, I wasn't thinking about it as much. And I realized that for me, my experience has been in the times not making art. I learn more totally. when we have breakfast. Yeah, I learn yeah. more at dinner. I learn more when I'm passing somebody on the driveway and we talk for five minutes. Like, those are the things I'm picking yeah. up from people. Like, what is it? What is it for you? Because you got to share your studio with other. Yeah, artists. man. Like, it's I, I I totally understand what you mean. Like, uh, back to the experience I had in the other residency, and like, uh, it was an amazing experience. But one thing I didn't like is that they forced the artists to meet at five p.m. of at every Tuesday to talk about their process and uh, their progress as well, like what oh. have they done and what it's have like they homework. accomplished. And I really disliked it because it was like, uh, I didn't want that day to arrive, you know, like every week I was like, shit, I, I prefer to be working and, and talking to them and learning from each other or whatever, or just doing my own thing. But I don't yeah. want to be confronted with that, at least in this uh, residency. So when I decided to open my own, I said, I'm going to offer the artist breakfast from Monday to Friday. And that way they're going to talk about their process. Yep. Yeah, man. It's, it's totally like uh, it's it's not forced. Everyone has or wants to have breakfast and they will sit together every morning. Eventually they will talk. You know? mm-hmm. like, uh, so I think it's way more like a natural way of getting the creatives together because obviously sometimes right now we are all well uh, Walter's a sculpture artist but we are all at the studio like we're all painting and at the studio sometimes we get uh, photographers or that leave the house as soon as they finish breakfast and they ne- and don't come back day. Till. Yeah. yeah so the interaction between the residents would be hard mm-hmm. um, so then 
with the breakfast or with the going out for a drink or going out for a walk or whatever is where you actually start learning from from the others yeah like for example one of the one of the things i really learned from an, one of the artists i took this guy to uh, to the art supply store and uh, he started like grabbing every single material he could and then at the end of the the shopping like he spent more than what the residency costed like in one day like he, he spent like so much money in the material and i was like man what the what the hell this is crazy and then he told me like man uh, if you don't have the tools how can you make the work you know like and then yeah. it's something that obviously i i don't approach to my materials that way but at least it got me thinking and realizing like man I need to put like pay more attention in what I'm like of the tools I'm using and, and mm -hmm. this kind of thing. So for example, next time I went to the art supply store for my own uh, materials, I realized that I had learned something very yeah. small, but I learned something, you it's know, small, I, but with a big impact. Yeah. Yeah. Than, than totally big impact. Like now if you see my studio is messy with so much stuff, but, <laughs> but it's nice. Cause and you I, have a lot of supplies. A lot of and you're a tool guy, right? Yeah, but so like, yeah, that's, that's like a, a, probably like a weird example, but you learn a lot from sharing time with other artists for sure. Yeah. I don't think it's that weird of an example. I mean, maybe some people can't relate to it, but that's exactly how it's been for me. It's not like I learned a new way to mix colors or a new way to, it's yeah, been totally. more things of like, mentally like or attitude this is how yeah. i should approach this because so and so like maybe walter has a better pro professional approach to something that i don't and yeah. just during breakfast he said something that clicked with me you know totally it's yeah simple things like that yeah it's uh i th i think it can also like talking about that it can be uh yeah like a a knife with two uh how you call it like oh uh, we say a double-edged sword double-edged sword yeah yeah because if if you are not super sure about your creative process or about your identity as an artist and then you go to a place where you're like getting so much information from others and it really changes the way you approach to your own creation i think that can be dangerous like I don't know. I, That's I, a good point. I try not to to learn the things that I might not want to learn, but that's mm -hmm. also hard. Like uh, like for example, right now uh, having you there at the entry of the studio, Dan open, uh, Andrew Salgado in the back, uh, Walter coming by, Daniel like uh, it's like oh man, like how can you not learn from all these people? But also it's like constantly asking to yourself how can i also not s steal things or make things uh, that are totally dams into my work so then it's like putting also an effort to not i don't know like copy stuff or whatever you have to know what to learn like and i mm -hmm. think that's also the the hardest uh, thing because you are at the end sharing a super uh, uh intimate thing like your creative your creative process that you should been doing it for years yeah, yeah it's something you've worked on but i wonder at the same time do you think it's bad that um how do i word this of course you don't want to steal but let's say like there's always gestation and process so say yeah. like um i'm looking at something dan's doing 
and then either consciously or unconsciously, I do something very similar. Yeah. Yeah. And then that first time it's going to look like I'm referencing Dan. Yeah. But if I keep to do it, it could be something that looks different to Dan that I've now incorporated. Yeah. If you You think it like that, when have we not done that no like exactly we, that's, we what, are, that's what i'm getting yeah, is that's yeah, really yeah. what your process is no totally. no one lives on an island mm-hmm. it's like you're stand on the shoulder of giants and... it's totally that but but also i think uh what what i was trying to explain is that it, you have to do it as long as it makes sense to you gotcha okay, because okay. then it's like uh like i have seen it in in other residences like uh, so like in other residents uh, sorry like i have when I started the project, I, I thought to myself that this play has to be open for emerging artists as well for well-established artists. Okay. Because I think the interaction is actually very interesting when uh, a guy that has been in the business for, for longer uh, teaches something to the others and the other, uh, as, as well learn from this new generation. Or yeah. No? Uh, and I have seen that they uh, take what they've learned very literally, like, uh, and I don't know if that's what they what they want, what they want, or that mm-hmm. they were willing to to get from an experience like this. So yeah, I. It's easier to say what I learn, but I don't know what people usually take from it. Yeah. Well, it's going to be different for yeah. everybody, right? Yeah. It kind of depends on where you're at in your art and where you're at in your life. Totally. You know? Yeah. Yeah, but I think as soon as it makes sense to you and uh, you can learn so much from every other artist. Right. right. How do, When you're saying, though, as soon as it makes sense, do you mean like that you're aware of it? Like, how are you meaning that? Probably, yes. Probably that's what I mean. But also probably... It's probably doesn't make too much sense but for example I really uh, like I usually spend so much time with Dan and Daniel and and both of their processes are so different no like uh, Daniel is uh, way much more about uh, exploring material and like uh, going super crazy with uh, color and concept and plasters and stuff Dan's work is way more clean, is way more accurate and like totally uh, based on a background of geometry and physics and math and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I admire their work like so much and I, I think I, I find myself somewhere in between. No? Like I, I really let, I see that, yeah. let my work go a bit wild in like the, I don't know, like in the, I don't know, having the idea of randomness or of uh, letting the materials work by themselves to tell a story but also with 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 some rules that i i decided to put mm-hmm. you know as i find myself in between i know that i get a lot from them i'm constantly learning and using things if i turn to the left and i see Dan using something i might use it on my on my work mm-hmm. but if i feel detached from my work because i think it starts feeling too much like his work I think I would not be comfortable with it myself. Okay, I fully understand. So I think that's uh, that's mainly why I think that it has to make sense. Because if you don't do it for your for your own self, like then why would you even right. do it? Okay. Like, so yeah, uh, so you're yeah. saying like so the opposite of that it'd be like if you're just blindly 
doing what somebody else is doing without thought or maybe based on insecurity or you have no other okay totally. yeah that totally. totally and i remember saying yeah i mean you see that in school with for sure all the time yeah yeah and i think reasons. i think everyone has has probably done that like uh, you you admire sometimes something so much that you want to make it as similar or close to it yeah, yeah, yeah. but then we need to find our own uh like pictorial language that people can say, oh, fuck, that's a John Wentz. That's not a Santiago Pani, that's a John Wentz. So yeah. then you were like, oh, okay. And if you and you certainly that, don't want, like, looks like John Wentz has been hanging out with Santiago <laughs> Pani a little yep. bit. <laughs> totally. That would be a bad thing. You know what's funny is I've never met, and I mean this as the greatest of compliments to both Daniel and Dan, I have never met two artists whose process is so much like their personalities. Totally, man. You know what I mean? I, know, I didn't think about Daniel, that. like, it, it, it hit me on, like, day two. Like, <laughs> Daniel is, he's he always seems to be juggling, like, 40 things at once. And he's drinking coffee, and then he's smoking, and then he's walking here and there. And then I was looking at his work, and I'm like, that's exactly how he is. Like, he juggles all these materials. <laughs> totally. He, and then Dan is, like, quiet, thoughtful, a very sweet human being. And then I watch him paint, and he's so careful exacting it it's been yeah. so fascinating to see this too yeah man and unfortunately i didn't get a lot of time because you were gone but it is funny because the last two days i was watching your work and i think you're right you you're one quite literally in the middle of their working spaces <laughs> literally, andrew's yeah. there now but yeah you, you you look you seem like the um the fulcrum in the middle of the scales just kind of balancing <laughs> yeah. both it's really cool and i mean and, that as like and a I think great compliment it's totally it totally makes sense yeah it also, for some reason, in our like group, I became that part. Like I, I like for example, whenever there's a a decision that has to be made, and they both have very very opposite points of view, I have yeah. to be the one that makes them like fall into you're, the, you're like, the, the center and balance things out. And, and that's I, cool. That's why you guys all worked good together then. Yeah, sometimes. Uh, Sometimes I'm like, man, why? I'm the I'm the youngest man. Like, come on. <laughs> why me? Why me? Should be my responsibility. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. But with that, like, um, I do want to talk about your work too, because I love your work. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, it, it's been killer to see it in in person. And also, it's it's interesting too. I it only hit me the other day of like how fortunate it is to see people's work like this in different contexts. Meaning, like not just in the gallery. Like if I had heard of you and went to a show, it's different than now we're sitting here doing a podcast and your work is in the corner and mm-hmm. I can see it in a different context. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. And Probably so, in a, concept, a context that is more uh, familiar for what I actually made it for. It's Yeah, it's yeah. where you made it. It's what inspired you, but it's also more comfortable. Like galleries to me, it tends to be, I always feel like, not always, but I, I often feel like like before here, I was in Dusseldorf, and I remember one day I went to the K21, and it hit me at how much architecture will affect my experience, and maybe that's very uh, more obvious to some people, yeah. but the, the architecture of that building is way different than a lot of museums I went to, mm-hmm. and I found myself questioning like um, my opinions on things because yeah. of it. Like I was looking at a piece of artwork, and my, react, my initial reaction was like, I think this is kind of 
is not good. Mm -hmm. But because of this environment and the architecture, it like, it, uh, yeah, it gives yeah. it this air of authority where I'm like, I just don't know enough. You know? <laughs> so it's nice, like it's a really weird experience to be here where you're comfortable yeah. on all levels. Like we're having a beer, we're on people I enjoy, and then there's artwork here. And I feel like I can see it without bias, experience it without bias, you know? Yeah, I think that's some like as we were talking uh, before, like uh, galleries sometimes don't don't get the work that we are more passionate about, but they get the work that they they know they can sell, mm -hmm. and that sometimes it's uh, sometimes you you will meet artists that you'll find out they have work that you've never seen before because a lot of, i'm so surprised how much i come across that now yeah and that and that's amazing like that's why visiting someone's studio or or getting to know an artist or something is so interesting because you actually yeah. get to see a part that you will never see any other any other way yeah and here you get that a lot like uh, yeah like at the end we're just artists hanging out together like you can call it a project, you can call it this and that, but at the end, that's what we are. And that's, I think it's the nicest of it because once you, you come and realize that as another artist, then you're like, man, I, I also become part of it. It's right, not right. like it's me, Dan and, uh, and Daniel against the others or whatever. It's not like, no, let's make it bigger. Like we are all now part of this. Mm -hmm. And that's something you were we were talking about earlier. Maybe we can kind of hit on that. Is you were talking about Mexico and the community and alternatives to galleries. Like, what is that something that started there for you? Like, what planted that seed? Thinking like yeah, that. Yeah, like I think as I told you before, like in Mexico, we are a bit used to do things by by our own like uh, hands or by our own means. Like we are not waiting for the institution to support our project or to finance it or whatever because right. we know it's not going to happen so then we we have realized like me together with some other amazing artists that the way to to grow is by creating community you no know? like uh, helping each other out and well with these guys at uh, in mexico uh, they run this project uh, no es una galeria which means like this is not a gallery which was like a counter offer or like anti-thesis of what a gallery is mm -hmm. it's like giving back and that's that's sorry that's ricardo right that's ricardo yeah okay. ricardo santos ricardo and santos. pierre fudarili uh -huh. like they both started this and I, it's like one of those projects that i'm always so happy to talk about because it's it's about giving the power back to the artists like mm -hmm. uh this power that has been taken out by galleries, curators, art dealers, like all the market, all the art sphere, which is like, we always say the same, like we don't, we don't deny them. We know they, we know they are important and we, we need them, but we want to show that it's not the only way. Mm -hmm. Like artists, if we get together, we can create amazing stuff and we can generate so much more than what a gallery can even give. Mm -hmm. And with this idea in mind, like we have been doing shows, we've, we have organized uh, art fairs, shows, uh, and gatherings with artists and, and people see that it's like such a, uh, yeah, like a legit and honest project that they just join. Like, it's not like we're even trying to 
like to to drag a lot of attention yeah. or whatever like you're not recruiting to, and yeah no it's just like yeah. people see artists see that it's like super nice and then they join and the community grows bigger and the community at the same at the same uh, way that you were asking me like what what do i get from the residency or what do i get for working to create a community with other artists at the end you get so much man like you get mm -hmm. like uh, you get network you get you get clients at the end you get like uh, your sales improve your name grows bigger your reputation uh, it's also nicer because you're not only an artist looking for yourself yeah you look for others and then that's what needs to happen no? right yeah and i like what you were saying earlier too about um because i think it was specifically with regard to clients how you all are sharing each other's clients and what didn't you say like some if somebody has a show then the other artists will alert their clients that hey there's this artist is having a show you yeah that's what that's what we do like uh, for example they uh, they started this uh uh, WhatsApp group about, uh, for example, helping each other, and that's that's probably super common. Happens everywhere, mm -hmm. but we use it a lot for in inviting each other to expos and blah blah blah. But also, we say like, okay, this galleries is being an asshole. He hasn't paid me. Like, you should not work. Ah, oh, nice. Okay. And then the community is starting to grow so much that we are starting to have a big impact in what the market is. Mm -hmm. And the thing is that when we organize shows, everyone brings their clients. So let's say we do a create a collective exhibition with 35 artists or 40 artists. Then each one brings, let's say, 20 people or, or 10 potential collectors. Then sales happen. No? And then right. the amazing part is like they only take like 10% off. So then it's like all the money is for the artists and... Yeah, just but, like, but you also are keeping that client base, um, how do I word it, open to each other, right? Like, whereas, for example, I, I'd say, like, you see, there's a trend that we've seen in the last, like, five years plus of galleries um, doing that, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, let's we're going to have a 50 artist exhibition, but then they're like, okay, now everybody send out your email blast, make sure to post on your social media, and what happens ultimately is that gallery now gains... But all the, that collector base and now they yeah, own it that, yeah, they've yeah. expanded their end but you haven't expanded your own man it's crazy because I, I like I have been in exhibitions with galleries like that and when a gallery is telling me like okay man then you invite your clients and like then why do I need you exactly you know? like yeah, yeah. Uh, in this scenario it's it's not like that like it's it, we're well I'm saying we are but it's mainly they are uh, we're I'm part of the community and I I'm so happy to be part of it but the, they're so open and so like uh, clear, uh, like transparent with the information that every artist can access to all the data. That's so like uh, Yeah, because try and imagine like doing that type of show at the gallery. They'd be like, okay, now that the show's done, can I have everybody's collection, all those emails from the other 49 artists? It's like, no. 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 <laughs> and it's crazy because like uh, to the shows that we've organized, uh, there is galleries coming and art like people in the art scene are coming and they're checking it out because they say like okay this is happening and uh, this a little bit started as a, a counter offer to uh, to galleries and to one specific gallery and these galleries are actually coming to the shows and they're seeing wow. like fuck this is uh, 
this is what we could have done, but we didn't do it. Right. And it's amazing because as it's run by artists and it's for artists, the the artists are not like uh, determined or uh, blocked to show one or other thing. They can just choose what to show. Mm-hmm. So then you see actually the interesting or like part of the creative side of the the artists. Right. Because they are not like limited by the gallery saying, okay, I only need you to show this because this is what sells. Yeah. They yeah, can yeah. do whatever they want. So yeah. So you see like some very sometimes very dark uh, funky shows but i love them man because it's like yeah this is also part of it like it's not only pretty decorative uh, pieces like yeah yeah i I can see where that kind of because admittedly i think we've all seen where people's careers or shows from a gallery that fine line between art and product starts to slip over to product yeah you know that production line thing and something like that, you you're more willing to take a risk to be more expressive, or yeah, for sure, you know. But also, so I, I think you're maybe also one of the most humble people I've ever humble person, <laughs> the most humble person I've ever met. Because we're still not talking about your work, which is what I want to talk about. <laughs> right. We just went on another thing. Um, we touched, we started to. Um, I'm curious. So I've seen the stuff you're doing right now in the studio, but the, my introduction is like the stuff we're looking at now, which people can't see, which is based off of this one figurehead. Yeah. What's the genesis of it? Because I love it so much. And I love the way it, you've adapted it into these different mediums. Like we're looking at a piece right now that's a painting with neon on top. You've done this in metal sculpture. Yeah. What's, what's the... How did this come about? Like... Uh... I was so into portraits since I was very, very young and I, uh, it was a little bit of the idea uh, back in art school that the art theory teachers asked us to come out, uh, yeah, to come up with a statement of that uh, would guide our uh, art pra- artistic practice. Mm-hmm. In that time, I, I didn't really understand it. I was like, well, I'm an artist because I, w- I want to be an artist. Like, what do you mean? And uh, the artists that I know, like, like my, my father's uh, friends and stuff, like they come from the like abstract expressionist and it's more about like the art for the art. And it's like, I don't know, like, yeah, there's yeah. not much to conceptualize about what, what it actually is. So for me, it was a bit hard, but then I, I realized that uh, these faces were constantly coming into my interest, that there, there had to be something behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I read this uh, theory about, uh, there, there's like this uh, psychological theory that says that every person we see through our lives, uh, apparently it gets stored somewhere in our subconscious, like okay. the image of their faces. Yeah. And when we're dreaming about uh, people that we don't we don't really know who they are, like you you can sometimes dream and say, I, I know I I've seen this person before, but I have no idea what's their name or where they come uh, from right, or right, whatever. Okay. This theory believes that uh, you connect with your subconscious in that moment, and like okay. these these people from probably this person that you probably saw like twenty years ago, it comes to that dream, and you have uh-huh. no idea why, but it's like a way of your brain and conscious side connecting with the conscious side and then you dream about this. Okay. Like I, I was amazed with this like uh, idea 
and then I, I try to to approach to this these characters or these portraits uh, like from like a very very visceral way like mm -hmm. uh, without thinking too much about someone in particular and it was like an exercise trying to connect with the subconscious no then uh, well these uh, characters started appearing and for me these characters are like really really important because they are not necessarily one person in particular but they represent someone that uh, okay. have gotten that my life get to a certain point that we are now sitting here right now having this conversation uh, doing this uh, podcast so yeah it, like the, it's it, i don't know like i would say like an odd uh, all that i don't know you call it like a like a monument for humanity or something like that i don't know the exact <laughs> word but i said i understand what you're saying yeah it's yeah. uh or it's almost like an like an archetype in a sense. Yeah, maybe, it, it's totally it. like. Okay. But for example, like uh, let's say that uh, ten years ago you crossed someone in the street that made you stop before a red light, and then that's why the car didn't run over you. No, mm -hmm. that, that definitely de determined it's etched the, in your, your brain. destiny, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it determined well like what happened to you and why we are we are sitting here right now because that. Car right. didn't run over you, you right, know? right? So it's like this guy, this person, you probably don't even know who it is, but it made you change your life. And uh, so, like, that's like the power I decide to give to these faces. You know? like, oh, okay. Uh, so it's like, uh, I don't know, it's uh, they, they always have this same, like, uh, sort of structure because uh, it, it helps me to to start it over it's like the excuse to create this vertical and transversal line and then like the eyes like this very uh it has become something so natural to me but then they are all pretty much similar but each one of them has its own identity right now that makes sense it, it did strike me as very like archetypal and also it kind of reminds me a lot of like primitive masks with I, which I think have that same quality that, and that's really was kind of their intention is to hit uh, upon an archetype because you're it seems and maybe I'm wrong but in reading them you, you're more in, it looks more interested in gesture than form totally um, fl you know the flatness and, t and texture seems to be really important to that and one of the things I love it there'll be these really intense impasto brush strokes but you use spray paint underneath yeah what got you into them? Because am I wrong that your your background is in printmaking? Yeah, totally. It is. Printmaking. Oh, okay, and okay. I was uh, pretty like uh, addicted to monoprint and to see like nice. the textures that come out from when you lift the paper and you realize what the hell happened. Yeah. <laughs> in the so time you're very texture based. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Okay. Nice. So it's yeah like the texture is is so important to me i i, I like to think that uh, any of these portraits could work even if you just take a little part away from it like uh, like this mic microcosmos that starts happening in, in one painting mm -hmm. uh, we were talking I, I think when you gave your workshop about how uh, you get like this big uh, attraction points that makes you like go into a painting but then you have the mm. details that uh, uh, the impact and payoff thing the yeah, impact yeah, yeah, and yeah, the yeah. payoff 
yeah i i really uh, like that the payoff it's uh, very interesting and you can really mm-hmm. like dig into it and start creating like a relationship with the painting because at the end it's meant to be that it's mm-hmm. it, it it's a it's a, a portrait that talks about human relations about uh, yeah it, as you say it obviously has to do with with a mask because well a mask you use it to hide or to empower something or to right. be, yeah, become yeah. something you're not and yeah. even our faces are like this mask that we show people what we want them to see like it's a it has so many like uh, influences and, and concepts that got me to to keep doing them uh, which I didn't even know before like I was like uh, how can I find out a statement to then will guide my artwork I think it has to be like I found my interest and then i will create this statement i don't know if it's the the way you should do it but that's how i right, approached right. it <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i don't think there's a right or wrong to it <laughs> um what in with some i don't know why but one of the things i found more interesting is you using spray paint yeah how did that come up yeah i mean i don't know because here in europe maybe because it, it the emphasis on street art is so in, intense in europe so I just assume now everybody when I hear a can like they have some you know background in graffiti or yeah. something. Did you? Or? I didn't. Man. No, like, okay. not at all. So it's just a medium for you. Like for me, it's cool. just a medium. Like I, I was, man. I always dreamed of going out and do some tags and like be, <laughs> be, be, be become a rebel. But I, I was never a rebel, so it would have been like super like <laughs> lying to my own reality. Yeah, yeah. But I I love spray paint, man. Like it's uh, mainly like as you were saying, like the the uh, com- um, contrast between like texture and like forms and shapes and colors. Like I think spray paint gives you so much uh, like I can have a super watery flat background and then give like a super thick spray uh, on top and then you create like a contrast automatically yeah, and, yeah like all the drippings and and then I I sometimes try to do like spray paint on top of like a humid paint and then it cracks and it creates all these like universes in, in itself that I could never be even able to do by by if I wanted to, no, like yeah, uh, just, yeah, I know, mm-hmm. and that, I it, that gets me too because that's one of those things like um, when you're schooled in art, you're you're one of the first things you learn is like don't use your oil mediums over your your <laughs> water mediums, yeah, but you're kind of missing out on some really interesting textural effects for the sake of, and that's a discussion we've had a lot here um, about archivalness. Yeah. You know, because you want your work to last a hundred years or two hundred years, yeah, which is a bit it's kind like, of audacious, right? To sit there and be like, "This is going to be my legacy." <laughs> I think every artist has that a bit. Like, I think, I think we all we are all super egocentric, and I think we should not deny it. Like, by by the time you realize that you want to create stuff that everyone should see, and you think it's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, right. that in and of itself already, is an ego it, act. It's yeah, already, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. already it. Look at me, look at and, me. And right. I think the idea of transcending, yeah, for sure. But, but I think if, if if you have that always in your mind, and that's the only means, uh, like, of why you're doing what you're doing, you for sure will uh, lose so much. Like, mm-hmm. I, I sometimes mix, like, yeah, I put my 
oil paint on top like my acrylics on top of my oil paint sometimes yeah kill me i don't know right. <laughs> probably in 20 30 years it will fall off but man yeah i don't know but it's i like that. part of it you know yeah it is i like that e- ephemeral quality it's like i remember seeing one time at um it was in the moma i think in san francisco and they had um i can't remember which the title of it they had a large well all jenny savile's work is large but one of her paintings where on the figure she had painted the entire side of the figure white okay. and it was all cracking to my totally. in my assumption was she probably used like a flake white or something because it was it had a different consistency and obviously it dried faster than the underneath yeah and my my first reaction was like oh my god she didn't even think about that which was the schooling in my head yeah, yeah, totally. but then after that passed and i was listening to myself i'm like man that looks really interesting because you don't see skin crack unless it's a very old person exposed to the sun it's yeah. like not what i would imagine with flesh and as now i was like wow that's really amazing yeah. it's not going to last very long yeah but but also flesh doesn't you know like exactly a, yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> it, it, it was quite literally mimicking <laughs> flesh in that sense yeah that's 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 crazy man like i think we are we are so schooled on like art has to be mortal and like the ephemer if ephemeris of life should like don't apply to the arts right. that we sometimes just stop trying new things like i know that if i put like uh my acrylics on top of my oil they're gonna end up falling off or cracking i know but probably that's what i want you know like right, uh, right. why why can't it be a possibility yeah yeah uh, like i don't know for example we are always burning stuff to create like nice effects and like uh, yeah i know that's not the yeah i've seen problem. a lot of burning happening here. <laughs> yeah. but it's yeah it's cool <laughs> yeah yeah and how did so how did you move into like with the neon and then um man the uh you were showing me earlier the the steel sculptures the right. steel sculptures of the head like how did those things come about yeah like i've been like constantly uh interested in trying new uh, branches of the arts like mm-hmm. not necessarily uh i don't necessarily know uh, why before i do it but then i do it and then i'm like okay that's that's why <laughs> that's why i did mm-hmm. it like for example i have i have translated my portraits into sculptures into like these new like paintings with neon light even into jewelry and t-shirts and stuff like that so it's like for me it's uh, a little bit more uh, touching some aspects that are not necessarily creative but it's about branding and marketing ourselves as artists i think it's necessary to try new new uh new places where we don't feel too comfortable no like wait uh, as a part of branding as an artist as to brand yourself like uh, for example like branding branding yourself like in the sense like i'm I'm doing the portraits and i'm only doing the portraits and this kind of thing that's probably one but also like to market yourself to for example if i if i only paint people in the art scene are going to see my work but if i put it on a shirt or put it on a jewelry or I don't know. Then uh, I'm gonna reach to an, a whole new market that probably oh, would see, not know me in in another way. But do you think that only works, or or works better when you have an image like you have a very iconic image? So it seems to me that kind of lends itself to that, as opposed to like, let's say you did the these portraits as paintings, 
But then, um, as sculpture pieces, you did ducks. That doesn't really work. <laughs> I don't you know think what it works that much. <laughs> right. So you're saying like that works when you have a very iconic thing. So now I you're think, taking that and branching it out. I think since okay. I was, since I was very like young and seeing how uh, choosing the art, uh, the arts as a life as a career or whatever can, can actually be very hard because mm -hmm. I, I grew up with like watching how hard it can be, but also how amazing it can be. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I thought to myself like, okay, I can, I'm gonna uh, try to make it also like not only about the arts, I'm gonna try new things, I'm gonna make it work. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I realized that one of those ways was to uh, I don't know if you have so many different things in your creative aspects as an artist, uh, you become like a branding nightmare for your customers. Right. If you think about the marketing side only. Right. You no, know, like uh, let's say if I do a portrait, but then my sculptures are docs, mm -hmm. you as my client are gonna be a bit confused. You're gonna mm -hmm. be like, okay, is that the same guy or this like another artist that is making docs and this mm -hmm. other is making portraits. Uh, like having that in mind, I decided to stick to the portraits, not only because they were the most, uh, the thing I really liked the most, but also because I thought I'm going to work in to get people to understand my personal language and my pictorial language and recognize it as my mine. Like, mm -hmm. you, and then when I, when I got to that point, I said, I'm going to explode this uh, image that I have created and that now I really feel that it's mine mm -hmm. and I'm going to show it to the world. No, mm -hmm. like uh, how can I, how am I going to do that? Not only with paintings or with sculptures or not, not I'm going to try to reach other markets. And then I did like jewelry and then, the, and then it's like you start creating connections with other creatives that you thought you would never do like with jewelry or with fashion designers and stuff. And before you know it, your own creative, uh, background or, or, or life it starts also growing and improving right. now you start seeing things in a different perspective like I had zero idea about for example the the fashion world and now I I admire it so much after I've seen how freaking hard it is yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's crazy hard and yeah so it's uh, just a matter I think of wanting to try new things I yeah. think that's what got me to so maybe first it was a satisf satisfying artistic urge and yeah. then you found this way of how it fits into the commerce side. Yeah, like at yeah. the end we, we all need to, to eat from what we're doing. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you think, because I feel like you're in a bit of a unique position because your father was a professional artist, made his living that way. Do you think that's, is that shaped how you view it? Because there's a lot of... You know, there, you always, you've encountered, like, there's this, you're going to have that um, group of artists who are, you know, commerce makes it ugly. Then you have artists, certain artists that are just like, all they think about is money. They think yeah. of art as a product. Did that help shape your understanding early on? I think totally it did. Like, uh, like, for example, when I decided to be an artist, my my dad was the first one that told me not to be an artist. <laughs> like, I've heard know. that story <laughs> so many times from people that, yeah. He was like, don't do it. Yeah. All my friends in the art school, they were like, man, it, it, it must have been so easy for you because your dad was an artist. Right. And nope. I'm like, no, man, it was the opposite. Nope. Like he, he really didn't want to. And it doesn't mean that he doesn't 
support my my uh, career or that he yeah. doesn't believe that I can that I could do it or not but he he knew how hard it was yeah but what he didn't know is that I also knew. I, I saw it. I saw it right. while growing up. He didn't take that up. into account. Yeah, yeah. You lived it just as much as he did. Yeah, totally. And then he, uh, like for example, I had uh, on one side my father, which is an amazing artist. and he, uh, But he's also such an artist that he's terrible at administration. And he's like all about <laughs> like enjoying life. And when you have money, you should spend it. And like right, all this. Right. Then on the other <laughs> side, I have my, my mom, which is like such a beautiful, amazing woman that she made his production actually matter. Like uh, oh, wow. he, he managed to, to get with the economy of an artist to make a family to actually uh, exist. Yeah, yeah. So then I, I learned from both. I, I, I learned so you're a synthesis of the two. I think I am. Like... Yeah. Uh, for example, I, I, I sometimes get into arguments with my dad because his uh, uh, structure uh, outside of the art scene is, is not that uh, concrete, I think, when, when it comes to uh, administration, let's say. And, but I know that I got that from my mom 100%. So mm -hmm. I, I know how to, to save my money and I know how to invest my money. And that's nice. something that, that I think really helped me a lot. And not only because my father was an artist, but because my family was about the arts. Like uh, my mom is not an artist, but mm -hmm. but she managed to to make the administration work for an artist. That's amazing. That's yeah. such a difficult thing. Yeah, yeah, it is. I think I think it is. But but at the end, it was like, for example, I I learned so much from my dad, but uh, I also learned a lot of uh, what not to do. Uh, through a lot of things that he 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 managed to teach me I learned a lot of things like how how exactly we need to do them mm -hmm. uh, I I also learned like for example that that galleries can be assholes and they can like I I, I, I saw these while growing up so I learned it from like firsthand so when I got to the art school I knew I had a bit of an um, yeah like a leverage above the the other kids because I knew how it worked right it didn't mean that I was better or worse as an artist but but I I also knew that it's not only about how good you are right and that's the most important thing and that right? I think that's nobody a, realizes that in school you don't realize that no. and and then I I sort of knew it and I obviously learned so much about like the creative aspects I, I would be I think only like five years old and I was already painting his backgrounds as a like playful way and he yeah. would put me in the studio to mix colors and shit like that yeah. so obviously you you learn things no mm -hmm. uh, so yeah i i think it uh it totally uh, molded of like who i am to have grown with an artist uh, dad mm -hmm. uh, yeah man. and i i really appreciate it like totally yeah yeah, that side of, of commerce, I think, is probably the most important. I think, I remember my one director from my school, he had told us, I think it was like the last day of school, and I think he took some pleasure in saying it, but he was telling us how that we're going to see in the next year, if we keep in touch with people, you'll see this funnel effect of people, like you'll have a certain percentage that stop painting within that year. Okay. And then in that next remaining year, you'll see them fall off till eventually... 
if you last 10 years down the line, you're, you're just so going to be one, one or two of you oh, from the class, right? And this is on the last day. <laughs> but he was saying, and that's one of the reasons why, is because nobody is prepared. And, and in a way, you can't really teach that either, the business side of it. But it's so shocking to people coming out of school where all of a sudden you're like, it's totally shocking. Either I don't believe that we should be making money on this and art is art, or like you just don't know how to navigate that landscape of commerce. It's crazy. And, and there's almost, it's yeah. not to say it's impossible, but don't you feel like, because I often feel like the, like the art world is this weird like lawlessness. It feels like the Wild West and that there's not, not a lot of rules to it. Like there's how really crazy not- is it that you can just choose the price of your work? Yeah, it's crazy. But well, if the market doesn't pay it, then you it right. I mean, the work. market will help whittle you down, but there's no like you know. That's a big question for people coming out. It's like, what do I ask for my work? Yeah, totally. Like, I think for example, that's one of the the hardest questions. Like, I I sometimes get that a lot from colleague artists that are starting, and they say like, man, how come how how much does my work worth? And I'm like, my how 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 the hell do I know? Right. Like, uh, but then I obviously give them like some tips on how to try to do it, and it's. But it, it never, it, it, it's not like just one rule. It's like, as you say, it's like a wild, wild west where there's not many rules. Right. Uh, at the end, it sort of summarizes that if you, you can say that your work is 20,000 euros, but if no one pays it, then it's actually not. It's not 20,000 euros. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So, but yeah, obviously, like if you're starting, also these kind of things don't make too much sense. It's like, uh, okay, I see this guy selling for... Uh, 25,000 euros and I'm his same age probably mm-hmm. it should work my my work is worth that it's like yeah no it doesn't work like that right right you know, like right. it's I, and I think if it was if it was so easy to explain it it would also be way more boring <laughs> so, yeah that's a good optimistic way of looking at it I always try to be optimistic you are you're the most optimistic person I've ever met I, think. I like that I tend not to be yeah, man, yeah. like I, yeah, I don't know, like obviously I, I have some, some questions myself and struggles and stuff and I, it's sometimes hard to be optimistic, but at the end, as when you decide to become an artist, like you're, it, yeah, it's going to be hard, you're going to have to sacrifice a lot, but there's so much of enjoying and shit, like man, yeah, yeah, yeah. this thing that is going on right now, like we're like just chilling, talking, having an amazing conversation just when we finish we're gonna have a nice beer and, and like chat with the other artists and yeah, talk and about eat some like, food and eat some food <laughs> so yeah then it's uh yeah man if you ask your lawyer friends probably they won't be doing this <laughs> i think that's a perfect way to end it so i think that's a really good point all right we'll end it there um anything you want to add at the end before we go and get well, some dinner not necessarily just like yeah, keep let's keep enjoying man. <laughs> right on thank you man i really appreciate you taking the time thanks bro <laughs> all right and we're out